Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents. If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club. Gazpacho, police. Oh my God! What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker! Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. We're C-SPAN. It's the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. We managed to save some of these topics and didn't spoil them all on our live show on Saturday, which was so fun. It went so well. So much fun. I mean, we got to do it again. It was just the perfect little intimate crowd. We had a great time. Um, I don't know. What else can we share? What else can we share from it? We did decide we are going to publish it as a as a podcast sometime next week because most of the things that we discussed were not timely. And, you know, I will say that sometimes I skip the live versions of my favorite podcasts. I get like FOMO. I don't always think they're as good, but having now produced and been at one, that was silly. They're like the best, like you can't miss this one. It was, yeah, it was great. The audience was great. Thank you so much. It was so fun to be able to chat with people. I'm, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I'm so glad it's over. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yes, I, I, I too feel that way. It's, yeah. I, I hate having something live hanging over my head because it's like this black hole of time that you have to be really like prepped for. Right. And, on and things for could it. still change. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm happy it's over. But yeah, we're going to plan another one. Don't worry. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I know because I had like I moved and then I had the live show so close together. So I've been looking forward to clearing those two hurdles for months. So now I'm just like, oh, I feel now great. Now you just have your wedding. Now just my wedding, which is now nine weeks away. That's now I really have to focus on that. And now's the time I'm looking at my list above my head. I don't know why I keep it in front of me when I'm working. It's probably not good for my. Yeah, that's, that, that seems like it's going to induce some anxiety. I think so. But, you know, Sammy, that's the only thing. That's the only way I get something done. <laughs> if I'm you know. not petrified of the outcome, nothing's getting done. Hence the <laughs> successful <know>. live show. <laughs> Honestly, I know what you mean, sadly. Ugh, can you believe it's August? Um, No, ew. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I but also, yay, kind of. Um, I like August. It's usually very, very slow. And previously... I have like not planned well enough for it to be slow, but this time I've sort of like gotten more ahead of like filling in the gaps. And now I'm like, I don't know, Sammy, I'm feeling good today. I'm like just coasting ahead. Loving yeah, August. No. I like August. I like starting a month that I know people don't take as seriously. Like that's there's what nothing it is. more intimidating than starting the month of October, frankly, <laughs> or like <laughs> right, January or, or that day, that first day after Labor Day or like January 3rd. Those are just deeply stressful days because you totally. know that everyone's energy is like we're on, you know, yeah. which this is, is the inverse of that. Yeah, no, I want the I want the off energy, low pressure, you know mix of personal and business especially when you feel like you've earned it which i feel like we all have it's nice to i mean we're gonna have podcast episodes every day don't you worry but we're just prepping some fun ones some interviews keeping it timely keeping it fun and fresh it'll be a fun august of a we're not taking any days off there will be episodes every day 
No, we are not taking days off. I am actually still planning to record the morning announcements during my vacation later this month. And uh, yeah, what kind of vacation would it be without also following the news on a daily basis and having <laughs> to a different run time back, zone, right? Having to run back to my hotel room either right before or right after dinner so that I can like quickly jot down the tragedies of the world in a script and then read them. Nothing um, says peace and nothing, zen quite like that. You know, nothing says work life balance <laughs> like that. <laughs> <sighs> well, luckily, yeah, for for you that is happening during August. So yeah, you will mix some leisure with some. Some morning nuns, but we pray for a chill news cycle for everybody on the planet. God this is please honestly, help us. It's how I get through, mm-hmm. you know, really intense news and then just quiet time. <laughs> <laughs> Extreme balance. So we are a few days late to this story that we're going to discuss today, but we have to go over it because it is a huge deal. Joe Manchin has agreed to a budget deal addressing the climate crisis and prescription drug prices. So we all remember a few weeks ago and also just every few months for the last two-ish years that Manchin pulled his potential vote from provisions that raise spending. This is a dance. This is a very unfun, unsexy dance we have been engaged in since January 2021. But last week... Joe Manchin and Chuck Schumer announced they brokered a surprise secret bill, and it's pretty good. Environmentalists and progressives seem fairly happy with this bill, recognizing that something big needed to get done before the midterms, not only to potentially help Democrats win the midterms, but also because if Democrats lose and Republicans take the House and Senate, there was not going to be any any ground here. So I'm actually part of our discussion later will be sort of like how much of this was altruism and how much of this was like for political benefit. There were many concessions to get here, and the New York Times pointed this out, pointed these tensions out in the story, in their story on this. Uh, I want to read their lead. Congress is suddenly poised to pass the most ambitious climate bill in the United States history, largely written by a senator from a coal state who became a millionaire from his family's coal business and has taken more campaign cash from the oil and gas industry than any of his colleagues have. I sent you this paragraph, and I was like, this broke my brain. Yeah, I mean, it... it (laughs) It both doesn't make sense. And then it also makes complete sense that he would be the holdout. And you just have to wait for like this coal trust fund kid to to be like, fine, fine. It's that dire that he even he knew. It's like, dude, haven't you heard of pivoting? Like you can you can still have a very good business. Um, And maybe he finally figured out how to make that happen. He's like, you know what? Fine. I hired the right guy to (laughs) now that we've. Now that we've um I've arranged my personal affairs, we can work on this yes. bill. Um <laughs> is the energy I'm getting from this. But you know what? I hate being a hostage to this man, but whatever. I know. You know, you do need to let your hostage taker free you. So mm-hmm. yes. Amen. That is where we are. That's healthy. That's healthy society. I want to very quickly <laughs> summarize what's in this package, and then we'll get back into how it came to be and what the policy and political impacts could be. I've seen this described as a bill that puts the U.S. at the forefront of global climate action. Everything I read, I think, is being hyperbolic, and then I read more, and everyone's like, no, this is like a this is a big big deal. This is by far the biggest thing the country has ever done on climate. It dedicates $369 billion to things like tax incentives to ramp up clean energy industries. So that's like wind, solar, anything with zero carbon over the next decade. So that's a big change from before when the government bankrolled incentives for like a year or two. So that wasn't really a big incentive. So basically, companies would also receive financial incentives to keep open nuclear plants that have closed. I think like 13 have closed in the past couple of years or decades. And you know, 
people have all sorts of opinions on nuclear power, but when those plants close, usually fossil fuels take their place and fill the gaps. It would also give coal plants incentives to capture emissions before they cause so much damage. This is something that's pretty expensive and hard to do. So I think there needs to be the financial incentives. And this makes it more likely that those plants can remain operating. So probably something that Manchin was able to secure. I think West Virginia is like the second biggest coal state. Manchin also got a lot of funding for projects that will benefit West Virginians, including treatment for black lung disease. I think that's your first sign that maybe these coal plants aren't a long-term solution is when you also have to secure permanent funding for black lung disease treatment. Yeah, a joke. I mean, something we all learned about famously from Zoolander and in like, what, 1999? And yet here we are. Here we um, are. Still not acknowledging or, you know, finally we are Trickle up. Tri- <laughs> This bill would also incentivize solar and wind companies to make their home base in places where coal fields had recently closed. So this is kind of like what you were saying is something that will benefit him and the people in his state is to get these first, like a kind of two-pronged approach is incentivize companies and industries to be solar and wind companies and then give them even more financial incentives to go to West Virginia and places where people have lost jobs. There are about 45,000 people nationwide who have lost their jobs as a result of coal fields closing. Makes sense. I mean, it's like when you think about things in America's history that because Manchin has said this jobs thing, people people need to maintain their jobs in these areas before. But throughout history, there have been things that simply like like I don't think we let people keep like what we do to the lead paint factories. You know, it's like when these things are going to cause real damage, we have to provide alternatives. And it's great to see that he was able to find a path towards those alternatives. Right. I mean, people have been losing their jobs in the coal industry for years. So are you saying that every single one of those people hasn't found a job? Like, I I don't I don't understand when people lose a job, they tend to find a new one in whatever industry makes sense that their skills transpose onto, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And then with something if they had just like done this a long time ago, they could have had job training and they could have had maybe they could have even had like stipends for people who lose their job in the coal plant and need to go find another one. Like that's the point of a social safety net so that we can advance as a society without having to Mm -hmm. worry that we are like screwing people over. But you can't do that without money that you pour into that. So Mm -hmm. it's going to happen a long time ago, but Whatever. Better late than never. As Do you say. think that he he rode the coal industry until the wheels fell off and just the wheels fell off and that's what brought him here? Yes, I do. I don't <laughs> I don't think that how much longer could he have gone for? Kentucky is I mean, underwater. this is water <laughs> like I don't know what how are you going to get to your coal mine if you're flooded? I just don't even understand. Like, do you know how there are those, you know, like. In elementary school, you spend, at least in my elementary school years, they spend so much time teaching you about like the 19th century, like the 19th and early 20th centuries. Yeah. And so like I always, yeah, in my head, coal mines sort of like, and I, of course, I know they are huge trades for people, but in my head, they have always sort of been in the category of like things that we no longer do anymore because black lung disease and look what it does to the air. And yeah, it is crazy that it took this long to to ensure that people in those in those fields had other had other options. Right. Like I feel that you probably could have learned to install a solar panel at some point during these intervening years. That sounds so much more <laughs> fucking pleasant. Uh, maybe that's lead us to say. You don't have to go underground. I don't think there's a risk of catching a respiratory um ailment or catching, not really catching, 
forming a respiratory ailment. So, mm-hmm. you know what? Like, people, no one's like, for the most part, oh, this job is like so amazing that they have. Like, people change jobs all the time. And think about like people who were journalists in 20, 2008. M- many of them are just working in like branded media. Like, it's just sort of, <laughs> you have to kind of right. follow the industry. And I don't know why there's so much resistance to that. Well, I mean, I guess for the people that this was their one and only skill, like you said, like if they weren't confident, they would be able to transition into new industry. But I don't know what I don't know if there are also training programs to transition people into solar and gas. But like you said, like they're probably on the job trainings. I mean, here's the thing. All of that could and I'm sure was proposed by past bills. It's not like I'm the first person to Definitely. think of giving people training to do a new job. Like, and that's that's when when Bernie Sanders wants to give six trillion dollars and the you know the bill gets cut in half and then cut in a third. Oh my and, god, I you forgot know, now it we're was spending six. <laughs> it, Bernie Sanders wanted six trillion dollars <sighs> towards this grouping of things. Then it became, oh, we're going to propose a $3 trillion Build Back Better bill. Then it became like 1.2 or something. And now we're at like $400 billion. Fine. We'll take it. I think altogether it's like 70, 740. Over, right. Over time. Okay, yes, fair. Yes, but it was yes. supposed to be six. And yeah. I imagine <laughs> that part of $6 trillion. So I imagine uh-huh. that part of that $6 trillion, I believe, was for job training. I suspect. So it's like, yeah, the more you pay for the better bill you're going to get. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. So let's talk about some things that climate activists aren't thrilled about. And those are provisions that continue allow to allow for federal leasing for oil and gas. Manchin's view on fossil fuels is that it's just not realistic to go without them yet. And you and I were talking about this before that like politically speaking, maybe now when gas is so expensive is not really the time to kind of like pull back or just make it look like you're dramatically pulling back on that. It's just a great talking point for Republicans. It's easy for voters to understand like gas is very expensive. That is that is 
the top that is top of mind for people. Another thing that I think is kind of fun and cool is that if you make less than $150,000, which is, you know, most people in the country, you can get a $7,500 tax credit for a new electric car or a $4,000 one for a used electric car. I love that. That seems That's like amazing. the thing to message about. Like the Biden administration is giving you $7,500 for a free car. Right. That is like New Deal quality messaging. Let's get on that. Mm-hmm. To your point about the oil and gas industry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that will probably become obsolete just a little after coal. We are just getting, we're just getting off of coal. Let's yeah. let go of our dependencies one thing at a time. But totally. I do think he happens to be right about this particular moment in time with inflation. And this just isn't the time. Like we have so m- many things to do that I think, especially now or not even, you know, this is not the time to cut back on on the availability of gas and oil while people still don't have electric cars. You know, it would be one thing if everyone was kind of, if electric cars were way more popular Mm -hmm. and that people could afford for gas prices to go up. But as Mm -hmm. it is now, like homes and cars and offices, like things are not on renewable energy sources enough yet that I think we can be limiting the supply of oil at this moment. So Manchin was right. I agree with him here. Yeah. And I think it's like a nice it's 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 nice for Biden not to have to defend that. And around the midterms for people not to have to defend like, oh, yeah, we pulled. We're not going to do any more leases for for drilling when, you know, we're really having trouble getting with gas prices. And like Russia is our all of our sources are hostile and fucking terrible. And we have to fist bump murderers. Yeah, I think this is what right, 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 right. I think this is one. of And yeah, that Saudi Arabia stuff all ties into this. I completely agree. This is like the first time that I can recall <laughs> yeah. that I actually believe like Joe Manchin's concern is in good faith. And I think that he is right about this. Yeah. His so. big statement was sort of like, we just have to be realistic and, and creative about how quickly we can, how rapidly we can do this. Right. Like, why don't we talk about in a year after s- people have used their $7,500 mm-hmm. tax credit to, to buy their electric vehicle? Why don't we talk about a weaning schedule? Perfect. Somebody, right, right, somebody exactly. start. Somebody start giving these kids some solid foods and see how they handle it. You know, <laughs> baby led weaning. Yeah, motor led weaning is the baby. <laughs> totally, totally. But he just gags on everything. Yeah, but you know, he really will be gagging on the air quality if uh, he continues <laughs> this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the original big bill also had a ton of money in this for charging stations. I have to imagine some of that stayed in because if you're going to give all of these people money for electric cars, you've got to give them somewhere to to plug oh, them in. Yeah. That's another thing. Like people can't just if you have all these electric cars. It has to be just as convenient. Yeah. And I think that this definitely gets us there. And just when you it's just, now that it's actually likely, it's just so common sense. Like there's no other option for the future. And when you're talking to your friends and family about this, the headline victory here, I would say, is that the legislation would enable the U.S. to cut greenhouse gas emissions by 40 percent below 2005 levels by 2030. And Biden had proposed an ambitious 50 percent during this campaign. So like that's like really freaking that's really close. Like this is a big deal. Activists are pretty, pretty happy with this. I mean, I think I was reading something from the NRDC that said, yeah, the fossil fuel things is annoying, but over time, the impact of these positive things is about 10 times bigger. And that's huge. Yeah. I think this is one of those places where like the concept of, let's say, a moderate and a centrist get like mixed up. Like I think a moderate or moderate view can synthesize this as a good thing. A centrist view 
like would see this as like, no, like we're not like making everybody equal happy. But Mm -hmm. here we're making some progress. We're making, let's be real, the best progress that I think we can possibly make. If if, progress worth making. Yeah, totally. If we felt like we could get more, we would be criticizing it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we're lucky he's even agreeing. We could be in three hours cursing him out because he changed his mind. So Mm -hmm. just you know, <laughs> I know exactly, exactly. And we know Alter he tends bless totally. <laughs> he tends to seem to be pretty um, sour about criticism, but he went on all five Sunday shows yesterday and he said to Jake Tapper on the left's critiques, quote, I take none of that personally at all. I understand the frustrations they had. What, what do you think made Joe Manchin change his mind? Because I do not think it was the kayak protesters. No, no, no. I think he gets to see himself as the hero. You know, I think that he gets to be seen as this middle of the road guy, a consensus builder. And look, even the activists are happy with the bill. So kind of like all of his tantruming paid off. He's like, for him, you know, for, yeah, for everybody, but for him especially. I mean, I'm even fucking like feeling warmth towards this man reading through all this great stuff. Do you remember the day after Trump won the election and he was like not as crazy, like for a minute? Mm-hmm. He was like quiet and like almost conciliatory for about 24 hours. Trump? Trump. Yes. Yeah. I watched very it's like it's like when a a narcissist gets like enough supply for a time, mm. I think mm-hmm. they can like be a little bit conciliatory mm-hmm. because they're like, I can be the bill of the benevolent yeah. person for a minute. And I think that happens once like they feel that they've like won over the haters and losers and suckers. Yeah. So I kind of feel like his conciliatory, oh, there, there tone is it comes from the fact that he knows that he won and he ultimately got what he wanted without having to screw over any of his personal affairs too badly. And, right. um, you know, now you feel warmth towards him. He, <laughs> think about if you feel warm towards him, what like the out of touch person mm-hmm. now thinks of him. So totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, 69% of voters in West Virginia back Trump in 2020. So I think that he probably this is a big win for them for him. I mean, he was able to hold on to this until he got some real concessions that will like certainly probably disproportionately impact West Virginia, West Virginia residents more than, you know, like California or something. Um do you think it's the sign of a healthy political system, though, that one senator refused to support climate provisions that will impact the entire planet, which is like 7 billion people, until getting concessions for his state of 1.8 million people? No, we no, probably are not. fucked. <laughs> this is just like, you know, it's like a broken clock is right twice a day type of situation. Like, we were right on the mm. that gun-ish thing. <laughs> and then yeah, we're right yeah. on this. It's like, you're kind of right. But this is hardly the future liberals want. Yeah. That's such a funny way to put it. Yeah, truly. Twice a day. I mean, these common sense things. So I also am curious. I mean, this is a huge win for Biden and Democrats in Congress. Do you think this will translate into a political win? And how can it? How would you hype this up in the next few months before the midterms? Because as much as these are huge things, like I still think, unfortunately, climate isn't the sexiest issue. It's not the most viral issue. It's not the most memeable issue. It's not necessarily the most urgently present issue for people who are really more cons- really concerned right now about abortion rights and and LGBTQ rights, not to say, you know, create a scarcity mindset, but how would you hype this up as as a win, as the reason, like, this is why you should keep voting for them? $7,500 for a new car, bitches. That is how I'm hyping it up. Yeah. You are. I, I got to make sure I got okay. that right. <laughs> people, 
do not pay attention to the nuances. Climate is not even their first thing because they're like, oh, well, I guess I could just like avoid this flood and like hopefully avoid this wildfire and like maybe they'll fix it at some point in the future and I won't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. I think that Democrats need to come up with five one sentence messages and just keep repeating them, keep repeating them over and over. Figure out what works where, who, what appeals to. Like, it really doesn't need to be nearly as complicated as I feel that the party makes it. And obviously, here we're talking about like real analysis for people who are more interested in the details, but like the average Democratic voter or the average person who is going to vote should be receiving deeply simple messages that create an if-then scenario in their minds. If I vote for these people, I will get or I will not get X. And it's just like the overcomplication of things allows Republicans to constantly muddy the waters on Democratic Mm -hmm. achievements. It allows them to be like, Hunter Biden, you know, like, (laughs) you know, who cares? So I just think simple messaging 7500 for a new car. You can Joe Biden is giving you $7500 to get a Tesla. You can yeah. make up to 100. You can be a rich person and you can still get free money to get an electric car. And you we're also lowering prescription drug prices. Oh my god. That's going to be huge. Yeah, those details are over time you're saving an insane amount of money. Okay, that. we have two of the five sentences. We also have the Democrats want to strengthen background checks and make sure you don't get shot at the grocery store. I feel like that's a pretty salient message. You also have Donald Trump is a, a an insane person and the people <laughs> who are in his party want to bring him back and will maybe make him Speaker of the House if they win the House. Do you want a ketchup throwing goon to be the Speaker of the House? I don't think so. That's message four. And five, I feel like you can adapt to whatever region whatever, yeah. we're talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are my... Yeah, that's, absolutely. They should pay me for that. I'm sure someone is getting paid like $100,000 a month to tell them much dumber shit. The only person doing a great job is whoever's making the Moms Against great, Greg Abbott ads. That person should be making every fucking wants. ad that's out there. No, she, that's she Moms Against... against that's uh, um, Moms Demand. That's... Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's the good one. Moms Against Greg Abbott is just like the pro beta one. They're just generally against him. Yes, yes, against Greg Abbott. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. 
Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. So Republicans are also already saying that this is Democrats letting inflation get worse, reckless spending, blah, blah, blah. I'm wondering if you think that I think the fact that Manchin did hold out for so long will maybe benefit Democrats against this because he was always like, I don't want reckless spending. I don't want to make inflation work. So the fact that he actually came around to this should signal to some moderate voters like, all right, well, if this guy who has not let us do anything about inflation for years now was fine with this, then I'm not sure I buy Mitch McConnell's claim. I tend to not. When someone talks about spending, I simply ignore their statement because (laughs) I don't believe that that is ever a real reason for anything. When Congress wants to find money for something, they find it pretty quick. Mm -hmm. So spending just is kind of like picture a video game at like one of your one of your like special effects you can throw out is like the spending excuse. It's right. like if you're in Mario Kart, it's like that weak ass turtle shell thing that like <laughs> might go in any direction and really yeah. doesn't do much. It's like getting the worst power in Mario Kart mm-hmm. and just throwing it out there and <laughs> it right. comes back and hits you too. <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs> and it's just like, I I don't, you say spending. It doesn't I mean say, anything. Okay, show yeah. me your whole record. Mm-hmm. on that topic because I don't believe you. I don't believe you care. If the spending was for you or something that benefited you, you would be like, of course we're spending it at whatever cost. So I don't know. Just these should be banned. It's like a child who shouldn't be allowed to say it's not fair. Although I <laughs> right, say that right. all the time as a child. I'm still hung up on the lack of fairness, frankly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's just become sort of like a shorthand that they all use and and, and together they all understand that it that it is meaningless. It just means excuse. Excuse, right. It means I don't feel like it and I'm Mm -hmm. just going to say this. (laughs) So the question now is, does this bill have the coveted 50 Democratic votes in the Senate to get by through reconciliation? Well, that depends what Kristen Sinema has to say about it. This is part of a bigger deficit reduction bill that raises $740 billion in revenue that includes money to bring down, like we said, prescription drug prices. Cinema is apparently not given any assurances on the bill or promised to oppose Republican amendments that are going to come up soon on a big Voterama for this. Manchin and Schumer also agreed on some tax stuff together that she's on record opposing. So hard to tell. You, you know, I'm seeing a lot of excitement about this, but also this kind of like, well, we don't know. She said before, but I think this isn't really this isn't a conversation. And I think we were saying this morning, like about oh, is she going to support these things? It's now a conversation about like, is she willing to be the person who's responsible for this not happening? Totally. Like, I think that she, I think she'll want to like put up a little tantrum. Like she'll do mini, like a baby tantrum in an office somewhere. We'll hear about they had a meeting. It was tense, but blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And my prediction is ultimately sexism will not allow her to be the one to hold this bill up. Like Joe Manchin can get away with it because he's a man. You saying sexism is going to maybe save the climate bill? <laughs> yeah, I am <laughs> implying that. I think Title that, of the app. Yeah. I think she is not going to be able to pull off because she's a woman being the one to stand in the way. They're just going to strong arm, strong arm her somehow in a way that they can't do to Manchin because he is 
of his unique position as a Democrat in West Virginia. Manchin could have maintained opposition to this and he still would have been elected in West Virginia. I'm not sure. I don't think Kirsten Cinema can maintain opposition and still get elected in Arizona. The party has to be like, we're not let it, letting you do this. That's the mm-hmm. point of a party. <laughs> like, She's apparently not have... going to the caucus meetings either now. She just doesn't want to go to a meeting, probably. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, she, she just has like, runs, another job. She just runs marathons and like, I don't know. Well, she's definitely probably taking meetings from lobbyists. But didn't today. she didn't she like literally have another job? We found she was out. like an intern at a at a winery. <laughs> yeah. OK, yeah. so she's at the winery. <laughs> That's what she's doing. She yeah. can't be reached. Like, I don't think this woman is has the seriousness to be able to actually pull off a legitimate opposition. And hopefully True. she doesn't hear this and just do it out of a reaction. <laughs> I don't think she will. But I don't think. She's she's busy. She's at the winery. She treats her job as she's like a board member. Like it's really not the most important thing to her. She but she but she, she will like show that. up and be like, actually, no, this is why. She's like, I can't do this time because I have a marathon then and I have a <laughs> meeting with everybody in the oil and gas industry then. But then yeah. she'll just raise her hand. And you know what? There are probably some senators that do that. And you know, maybe their staff does their whole job and they just, you know, they just show up and do what they said and they don't put up a fight. But she definitely is just like and yeah, I don't think it's really worth her time. Her time. She's like, I yeah. got shit to do. Yeah, no, she. You're right. That's I exactly got wine to drink. how it's she August. treats this. Yeah, <laughs> we don't work in August. That's exactly how she treats the job. Like she is a board member because board members are expected to act that way, mm-hmm. and she thinks that that is like how this works. But it's like, no, you are a servant of the people. Well, we'll see. I mean, this should happen rather quickly. I, I think that Schumer thinks that as long as there's momentum, they want to see it happen quickly. They're doing this through budget reconciliation. So the parliamentarian has to go through it and make sure all of these technically relate to spending and budget. I mean, climate is a a pretty neat way to take advantage of this um, and maybe get it done more quickly. And then we'll have a victory to tout around and, you know, keep telling your your friends that they can get as much as I hate to give Elon Musk, more free money from the government. People fucking love Teslas. So you can get an electric car from like any company and you can get a really not any, but you can get a really nice one from not Tesla. Just so you know, like they are very good from from all companies. I haven't really driven that many, but so I don't want to give any spawn. But, you know, (laughs) if any companies want to provide me with an electric car to try out, I will. Yeah. And I think just. Looking, looking forward to midterms, you know, as much as there are, you know, people that feel stuck in professions that rely on kind of like emissions, we're talking about the flooding. Like, I think by now there are more people in more places that have been very close to or experienced like something close to climate catastrophe that like they're done. Like, do you think that tipping point is kind of here? It's hard to say because yeah. I'm not. It doesn't feel like fully. say as someone who truly does not live at all in a culture where my job is dependent on this or my livelihood is in any way dependent on staying on non-renewable energy sources. So I don't and also like I don't get the messaging that they these people get. So I don't I yeah. don't really know. It's probably more the special if, interest than the than the than the people right. at this. Well, point. I also just don't even know if I think that people tie the flooding to climate change. Like is yeah. the person who's sitting on their roof in Kentucky waiting to be rescued like cursing the coal industry? I or are they just like this act of God is 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 horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I I I don't know cuz I think Seeing climate as the direct, seeing climate change and human 
industrial actions as the reason why they are sitting on their roof waiting to be rescued, I think is not like depends yeah. where you come from, how strongly you link those things. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. That is our show for today. I'm I'm curious to see what this week holds for the climate bill. Please, God, let there still be a climate bill by the end of this week. Oh, it God. feels very tenuous. I feel like just we got to we got to keep we just, just got to get, get through this week. We got to get it done. We got to get it done. Let's make sure Kristen has a very busy August. So she just is like it's in her someone sent it's her in her leisure interest to just vote for this and move on with her life. Yeah. Senator Senema, please. That is our show. Until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Better Stuff Podcast. Bye. The Betcha Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.